10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year, specifically for the podcast. Start spreading the news. <laughs> it's Disney Desk Day. <laughs> I want to be a part of it. That Disney Desk. <laughs> okay, that's that's just that enough of that. That wasn't bad, actually. Right? Like, here's my thing. Anyone can sing. You just have to know, like, what your range is and what you're capable of. My problem <laughs> is I deliberately ignore that for 90% of right. these. So it seems like I am atonal and a putz. I don't have rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> right. But Frankie Boy, who's especially that era where he's not really singing, he's kind of more just it's like a talk. talking. It's a, I, oh, it's a Johnny I, Cash drawn out talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That range right in my wheel. <laughs> Absolutely comfortable. And man, you know, like, look, I like, you know, we I know we were ragging on the new year a little bit, like the whole like oh, the clock magically changes and everything's better. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's like you wake up and all your problems still exist and also you're like, you feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but man, when that starts singing and that confetti's falling, I'm like... Yeah, it man, is all better I believe for a magic. moment. Yeah. Like, like it, 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 we, we say buy into the magic a lot. That is buying into the magic. Yes, exactly. Welcome back to the Disney <laughs> Desk, everyone. Carter here. And I'm Sydney. And I hope you all survived without us for what turned out to only be a week. It felt yeah. like a much longer break than it actually ended you know, up being. And that is totally because of Podmas, which, by the way, we hope that you all enjoyed Podmas very much. We enjoy doing that a lot. It's so much fun. Oh, but yeah. it's like, it is a marathon of work. And then, and it's so abnormal, like, in terms of our recording schedule for that, that I feel like right. we have, like, we stopped working on it. Like, we, like for the number of um, episodes put out, like, we took a longer break than what our viewers actually did. Do you know what I mean? Right. As, yeah, and especially because for, like, episodes like those, I tend to be a lot looser with the edit where I let yeah. things kind of just exist. Right. Like, I don't really... I mean, I like, honestly, to bring you guys inside baseball, we got to start off with the hits. With the and, hits, yeah. To bring you inside baseball a little bit, like, really all I edit 90% of the time is, like, coughs or sneezes or throat clears just to right. make the cut a little cleaner. Or if, like, a car goes off in the distance or if Sydney Dog decides cooking. today's the day she's just going to drop the C word without warning. Right, exactly. Um, and that's my resolution this year is to give more warnings. Okay, yes, I appreciate that, because at least it, like, you know, it, it, it lets me prepare more mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, we've been prepping, we've been talking about different topics we wanted to do this month. We actually, honestly, in terms of, like, and you can tell we were, like, creatively jazzed, because, like, we ran out of room for this month in terms of, yeah. like, mm-hmm. we had too many ideas to fit the month. Right. Exactly. Um, so we are very excited to get back into it, and we're excited for another year of Disney Desk. Can you believe it? We have a yes. whole 12 months ahead of us. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing we haven't even explained, like, my intro gives you no sense of what we're talking about No, today. and that's okay. But, but honestly, it kind of worked out for, it's kind of... Every now and then, I wonder if we should change the name of the podcast because I'm like, if we ever get big enough, is Disney would Disney make this a problem? And also, like, I don't know, they like Disney food blogs and shit exist, right? Like, yeah, you know. And also, it's like I do feel like some people are like, oh, so you just talk about Disney? And I'm like, no, 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 it's Very more of like not. an animation thing. Yeah, but we like, yeah, you know, it's film in general. We just like the branding and we like alliteration, but like. Right. If there was one, if there's a handful of times where calling ourselves a Disney desk really comes in handy, it is now at the start today. of New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, today. Because at long last, the public domain has been cracked open. After years of sort of delays and razzmatazz and loopholes and lobbying Congress, the House of Mouse has to open up the Disney vaults and let a few things out to the public. And that is like scary i don't know about you but i really hate that (laughs) i 
as as a girl boss, it's my job to advocate on behalf of gatekeeping. You know? Is this already our best episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. all downhill from here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is like, I have so many complicated emotions about it. And it is like, and like, we're not going to go into the weeds about like the nature and history of copyright law today because simply... One, I did not have enough time to research that. And mm-hmm. I knew even if I did, I would get shit wrong. But, like, there are so many complicated elements to the whole idea of copyright and public domain. And, like, how we're kind of entering a new territory with it that we haven't had to grapple with before right. in terms of, like, what is actually entering the public domain. And, well, last year there was a lot of fun at the expense of Winnie the Pooh. Um, this year kind of the big one happened. Right. The one that well, the company has been actively trying to avoid for a very long time um, and hasn't been able to. Um, Steamboat Willie, the original introduction of Mickey Mouse and also a couple other Mickey Mouse shorts, but Steamboat Willie's the one everyone cares about, right. um, is now in the public domain. Oh, I shudder at the thought. And just the mention of Winnie the Pooh now is like like right. gross to me um and it's I think just we talked about this on the podcast i think we may bit. have yeah but you know yeah today we're gonna talk about both of those things in part um but mostly about the steamboat willie situation and i don't know about you but i have run into like already so much <laughs> i mean you and i were joking about like Brie Larson ruining Disney and <laughs> yeah like there's so many of yeah. those <laughs> Bri- thumbnails with Brie Larson for some reason right yeah exactly or like the title will just be like Disney is over and then the thumbnail will have Brie Larson in it but <laughs> like I've... or like Mickey Mouse looking angry like we're fucked right exactly but I've like in the past like week or two I've come across so many of those dumb YouTube videos that are like is Mickey Mouse gay now? Like, or just... <laughs> just what? anything. Just, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, right. yeah, so that's what that's what we are preparing. Yes, yes, exactly that face you just made. Like, <laughs> put that through your mind a little bit. That's what we're getting into today. Reckoning yeah, we, with this. Reckoning what this means is it... Well, what parts of it that are good, parts of it are bad. And... Kind of me just getting on my high horse and yelling at the whippersnappers about what we should actually be using the public domain for. Exactly. And maybe pitching a couple of our own steamboat ideas. Maybe. But before we dive into that, we have a very fun start of the new year internet minute. All right, so I'm bringing a little thing for us to discuss um, about Internet Minute today. I'm bringing a little something-something to the table. So I'm not going to name the specific person because I don't want to dogpile anyone here. But someone tweeted, Happy New Year. After attending Epcot last night for New Year's Eve, I was struck at an interesting thought. Would Walt agree with how after nightfall every night, and especially during events, that his dream park is turned basically into a local bar? The man was adamant about alcohol not being served in the parks, and yet the place that just erected a statue to his honor is going all against that. Just food for thought. Um, Now, we have talked about this before a little bit, right? Like, sort of the... I will say it's interesting because just before this, I saw someone doing the drink around the world thing where you go to all the little, like, worlds of Epcot. Right. And in my head... You had to announce you were doing that beforehand, and they would give you, like, a little flight or a flute, like, some yeah. small. And it turns out you can just get any drink to do that, and I'm like, that's that's a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a banana bread amount of alcohol. You know, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I, one of my kind of, like, logical fallacy, like, pet peeves, if you will, is when people make comparisons like this of, like, what if people from the 1600s saw an iPhone? Would they explode? And I'm like, right. no, they'd have an explanation for that. It'd be a bad one. But, like, yeah, they would come to their conclusion about what it was, and that would be it. And so it's like, I don't think, like, I, I think we don't understand what iPhones are. It's like, I, I don't know why. I kind of hate thinking about things like this because I guess I just see everything as being relative. So I'm like, also, I haven't, Aren't we like 
aren't we haven't we had alcohol for like a really long time in in Disney? I don't know. Like it's this it seems a little too little too late for me to be having this to be like throwing this around. Yeah, once you go past yeah, once you go over the Rubicon of allowing alcohol in the parks, it's kind of just a matter of time. Like yeah. you can't you can't ungo across it. The senators are still going to stab you. Um like it, it is interesting, and it's one of the things I have, like, watched videos on. Just, like, the slow drip of, like, Walt finally being like, all right, fine, but it's segregated to this one building yeah. at this one specific time, and then it's just kind of trickling more and more from here, from there. I, I like, again, I come from a Renfair space. I, you know, like, if you did not serve an alcohol at a Renaissance fair, you just, like, that's, like, so much of the revenue. Like, you just wouldn't be able to run it in terms mm-hmm. of, like, scope and, like, what you want and what you need. Um, like I was working at a brand new Renaissance fair and there was a very real chance we weren't going to be able to get a liquor license. And it's like, well, then we might as well just not do it this year. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. That we would can't not afford the, these numbers. Like if we're paying everyone, if we're paying for like private acts and stuff, yeah. like you either have to compromise your scope or just not do it. And I don't know. It, it is interesting. Like I kind of get where he's coming from. I don't buy into the you know what would Walt think of because frankly I don't care. It's not his company anymore. Mm, like right. he hasn't been alive. Roy's not alive. Like yeah. Like uh, like it or not, that's just how it is. Again, if this company is going to exist, you know, a part of what's special about the Walt Disney Company is it's existed for a hundred years, well past Walt's death. But that also comes with the understanding that Walt Disney does not have a say in what happens with this company anymore. Right, and also, like, haven't, aren't there, isn't there, like, a pretty good list of things that he was adamantly against? Well, yeah, he also was kind of a weird man who had a lot of complicated thoughts about a lot of things. Was racist, potentially, and, uh, slash well, probably, yeah. and didn't like beards. Yeah. So. I mean, again, I, I'll say what I always say <laughs> about that. Walt Disney was no more racist than any corporatist of than his your time, average which is to Joe. say horrifically fucking racist. Yeah. But, like, you know. Not profoundly more. But in um, a charming way. Yeah, I guess I'm of... Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm of two minds about it because it is, like, I kind of get it. And I do, like, I, I, I'm fascinated at this kind of coming generation below us being very puritanical about things and being very, like, wishy-washy about sex and drugs and alcohol. And, like, sometimes I dip into that. I mean, we've talked about gambling. I'm, like, a full-on prohibitionist about gambling. Right. I'm, like shove all of that into Vegas and then quarantine the area. Yeah. Like, I'm disgusted that, like, ESPN talks about gambling lines on air, just, mm. like, casually. Um, but for the drinking, it is interesting because, like, I don't know. Because in my head, it's like, the drinking at Walt Disney Parks, acknowledging the existence of alcohol, is one of the few ways, and I really do think it's, like, so many of the ways they acknowledge Disney adults are in the parks, and we've talked about this. So often, despite Disney adults really being, like, the economic linchpin of the company right. in a lot of ways, they don't really acknowledge them. They still frame themselves as a kids-first, family-second kind of company. It's about the magic totally of false. <laughs> yeah, which is fair, but you're right. It is false. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is the challenge for, like, a children's entertainment company that's existed this long, grappling with, like, oh, no, 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 this isn't, like the, this isn't like the 40s or 50s where you're expected to put away your toys and never come back to them. No, 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 no. Adults are allowed to like toys and kids right. stuff still. But it's like, even to hear you say a children's entertainment company, here I go again with my like piece de resistance theory of like, I don't, was Disney ever exclusively a children's thing? It's, it's always was supposed to have something for everyone in the family. Like, it, it seems See, only inevitable that alcohol would be involved. See, you're right. And I guess that's the tricky thing of, like, family entertainment. Mm. I think companies that call themselves family entertainment still have that line of, like, well, it's still primarily for the kids yeah. and adults can, can like enjoy it, it. But adults will not identify with it. Right. It won't okay. be their thing. Right. Like, I get, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love him talking to you right now like I'm talking to my therapist. Let me see. I did go on a whole tangent about Trolls 3. So it's not that far off. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, like I think that's it. Like the difference is like, you know, adults could enjoy Cinderella, but it's like they're not buying Cinderella stuff. They're not like, you know, they're mm-hmm. not buying things at the parks. They're not buying merch or like they're not excited to meet Cinderella at the parks. Well, but apparently people are. our age now are. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, they even have rules about, like, that. that's where the whole, like, Disney-bound 
phenomenon comes from of, of, of sort of dressing symbolically like a Disney character, but like you are banned from wearing a costume of an actual Disney character in the event that you decide to drink. They can't stop you from drinking, but you cannot go to Germany and drink a beer dressed as Snow White. Even though that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Even though if we try to do that, we will claim, you know, satire parody clause, which yeah. isn't technically a real thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. And it's like, it really is like the parks are some of the few places where we have stuff like this, where we have drinking, we have the after hour stuff, even just like the marathons they do. I have friends who do the Disney marathons like all the damn time and they do their like bound costumes as you describe yeah. them where it's like, Oh, I'm invoking Hercules, but I'm right. not dressed as Hercules. Like, right. I'm not in brass armor. I'm color-blocking Little Mermaid. Like, that's... The symbols are there. Yeah. Yeah, and... I don't know. Like, would I like them to put, like, drink maximums on people? Yes. But at the same time, I'm like... I don't know, man. It, it, it's... Like, it's tough to sell me on, like, oh, we're going to pretend adults aren't into this anymore. Mm. Like... I think, like, I do think one of the struggles Walt Disney Company has is, like, I think it would behoove them to acknowledge Disney adults a little more. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think so much of the Wish discourse, honestly, and I hate, I've inexplicably talked, I think I've talked more about Wish than, like, anyone on YouTube or podcast space, because it is a fascinating movie. I think there's so many interesting things about it and, like, the creative decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, I am working on a big thing, but, like... I watch Wish and I'm like, yes, it is so much geared toward like younger adults, sort of like tweens, that I think Disney adults just can't like, right, or like people who are in the quote unquote Disney adult space can't like grapple with it because it's like, oh, this wasn't made for me. This isn't helping me feel like a kid again before everything collapsed. Right, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think the bottom line here to your to to like reiterate probably the most important thing you said here at this point is. He's dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and just the other thing of, like, look, at the end of the day, if Disney's going to be for everyone and you're going to have a 100-year-old company, you're going to have to acknowledge that some people really like to drink yeah. and they like to have fun in a cool place. Exactly. And while I empathize, because this isn't the only guy who said this. I've seen a lot of sentiment because apparently New Year's got rowdy. Um, <laughs> but... Like, and again, I empathize with that stance, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, well, that's the, you know, that's the cost of being in a hundred-year-old company that everyone, you know, connects to in some way, shape, or form. Right, exactly. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. All right, so we've basically had copyright since the start of, like, the, the start of the country, really. Um, so the first official copyright law came into effect around, well, starting with the actual, like, once the Constitution was written, because obviously there was the Articles of Confederation, but that was garbage and no one liked it. Um, so the Copyright Act of 1790 established that you could apply for copyright for 14 years. And if you were still alive after those 14 years, you could ask for another renewal. So you'd get another 14 years. In 1831, that extended to 28 years with another 14-year renewal. Then they doubled up the renewal to 28 years. So you could have 20 and 28 if you were still alive. And that is when the Walt Disney Company comes in. (laughs) So, and to be, all right, fair's fair. It wasn't just them doing this. There was a lot of, And I think this is, and it's one of the reasons why copyright is interesting is because, like, honestly, so many societal problems, so many problems with, like, our laws and our system of government kind of just come from a fundamental place of, like, uh, you know, the founding fathers could not imagine mega corporations. They could not imagine, they could not imagine corporations. Like, what is the biggest company they ever saw? The East India Trading Company? Yeah. Like, like, you know, they couldn't imagine, the, the thought of IP is alien to them. Right. Like, so... You know, once we get to this period of, like, you know, the 50s and 60s where it's like, oh, there are film studios, studios who have, like, a lot of different artists writing a lot of different things, suddenly the question of who gets copyright or what copyright is gets messy. So, the you know, Walt Disney is one of the companies that lobbies to extend this. So it then becomes 
either 75 years or the life of the author plus 50 years. Mm. So, and then once again, uh, a couple years later in 1998, it gets extended to 95 to 120 years or life plus 70 years. Basically, it is this little game of kicking the can down the road to extend, basically so companies get control of things, regardless of whether the author's alive or not. Mm. And like, fair's fair, original copyright, 14 years makes a lot more sense when people aren't living as long. But at the same time, it is interesting to see how copyright has kind of transitioned from this individualist thing. Like the idea of like, an individual person having ownership and, like, incentive to create. Right. Especially in these early days where it's like, how long is the printing press, you know, how long has bookbinding been a thing when these laws are first being written to becoming a thing for companies to keep IP? Right. Like, I really like how, like, the this thing that's described in, like, very early writing, it is, there are basically two different strands, which is copyright law, which is for science, authors, and writings, and patent law, which is for useful arts innovators discoveries and i think it's so interesting to think about like the origins of this being like a motivation to create or like a a sort of celebration of the creator like if you create something useful for society if you create something if you write something useful for society or create a book of records for society you're rewarded with some kind of ownership over that like that is the thing you created you benefit off of that and then once you pass away like as like a basically it becomes a gift to the world mm. and now copyright has kind of changed since then interesting yeah and it is interesting yeah it's interesting because again like it, 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 i guess it's interesting especially in the context of like mickey mouse and like so much of our discourse about copyright these last few years because these last couple years basically starting in 2020 we've had a lot of stuff enter the public domain finally right. sort of a lot because you know, finally the laws stopped changing to a certain extent, or at least, like, the copyright lengths haven't changed since 1998. So, as a consequence, a lot of stuff that was sitting, like, waiting for the longest time finally kind of lifted. So, like, just a couple of the things we've had. Um, This year, we got a couple uh, Hardy Boys books, some H.P. Lovecraft stuff, um, several films, a filmed adaptation of the you know, the jazz singer, like kind right. of the iconic first movie, like film with sound. Yeah. Old man, the original recording of old man river. Wow. Um, the book metropolis, which is, you know, the inspiration for one of the most iconic silent films of all time. Mm. Um, great Gatsby, Winnie the oh, Pooh. Oh yeah. Great Gatsby. And that kind of led us up to this point with Mickey mouse. And it is so interesting. Cause again, it's like copyright was originally envisioned as this like, way of balancing the individual with the needs of society of like, oh, you benefit from this while you're alive because you put in the work and then we benefit from it after. And now it's like framed as, look at this stuff we get. Look at this cool right. stuff we get to play with now. It is very funny. And like, <laughs> people have talked about this. I guess to like talk about... Um, well, can I ask a quick question? Mickey Ma- like, oh, yes. it's actually, uh, yeah, it's a question about Mickey Mouse because it's like, I'm confused. Like, what is... I'm confused about the difference between Steamboat Willie and Mickey Mouse. Or, like, is this is the copyright about Steamboat Willie? Like, the story? Or is it about Mickey Mouse, the character? See, and I guess that's also an interesting part, because we haven't had to litigate stuff like this before, because, again, yeah. people haven't treated copyright before as, like, a, oh, we get to use this popular character, let's go! Right, right. Like, I mean, I guess, like, with the exception of, like, Dracula. Right. Stuff like that, I guess. But that's, like, a broader thing. That's just, like, oh, I get to play Play with with Mary Shelley's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is way more, like, granular and specific Mm -hmm. of, like, this specific character from this specific company. Right. You know, it's not just a author's work. It's a megacorporation's work. Right. So, as best as I can understand it, the idea is, one... Like, three Mickey Mouse shorts, Steamboat Willie, uh, Plain Crazy, and Galloping Goncho, which I believe Galloping Goncho is kind of lost media. Like, there's not a lot of record of it anymore. Um, they're in the public domain. So any depiction of Mickey Mouse in those shorts is now considered public domain. 
So the look, you can copy the look, the aesthetic, the sort of visuals mm-hmm. um, that he has in those. So, for example, the exact look he's wearing, the black and white look in Steamboat Willie, that's okay. There are a couple colored posters from this era, so you can theoretically use some kind of colored version of him. Uh, the version that's on, like, the Mickey Mouse cartoon uh, mm. sort of title cards before the short starts. You know what's crazy? I never noticed before until someone pointed this out. On those, not only does he have the little, like, flat hat, he has striped shorts. He never wears striped shorts. Why do hmm. they give him striped shorts? I don't know. Does that look more, like, old-timey, like, you know, conductory, even though it's not a train? But, like, I feel like anyone that was, like, piloting some kind of machinery <laughs> was dressed like that. Right. It does give him a sort of Sunday best look. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, and this was like something that was litigated when Winnie the Pooh um, entered the public domain because it was believed that like, because most of the books don't have Winnie the Pooh wearing a shirt. He's just a bare-ass naked A bear, bear. yeah. Yes, he is just bare. Um, But then some art came out of him wearing the shirt before uh, the Disney film. So there's some kind of like Mm. debate about whether or not you can have him in the shirt or not. And it really just comes down to, does Disney feel like fighting this? Right. Does it feel like litigating this? And, like, 90% of this really does just become, like, how much of a fight is Disney willing to start about this? Would they rather just not deal with it? Right. Which I would like to think, but maybe this is just me, I would love to believe that they are in the mood to fight this, right? <laughs> I guess, like, I don't know, because, like, I guess it's also just so different because Disney's famous for being pains in the asses about copyright. Like suing people who used princess iconography without their permission who Mm. like, again, they lobbied Congress to avoid this for forever. Mm -hmm. One of the things they tried to do to stop Steamboat Willie entering the public domain was trademarking him. They, you'll notice in the more recent Walt Disney animated films that the Walt Disney animation logo is Steamboat Willie with the whistle. Which, if you're curious, my other intro was going to be that, but I didn't think... See, I knew I couldn't hit those notes, so I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even whistle them, honestly. (laughs) But anyway, like, the idea was maybe that would work, but basically it was decided, no, no, he's still still entering the public domain. So, like, when something enters... So, like, for instance, Steamboat Willie, in, like, the, the Walt Disney Animation Studios intro... Like, when something enters public domain, do, do existing things need to change or cease, like, like that? They, they're allowed to keep using that, right? Yeah, because it's, you know, because it's still public domain. Okay. Even the original owners can still use it. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I guess, yeah, I guess, like, in theory, like, if someone, if someone from the 1800s wrote a book, lived through both terms of his copyright, he could still sell the book. It's just okay. like, other oh, could. there will be means of accessing, there will be other means of accessing that book for other people. Gotcha. Like, you know, it can be a part of public records. It can be a part of, like, libraries. It can be part of, like, you know, people can produce it and give it away for free without the consequences of violating copyright. So That's like, why one of the big things is people ahead. are just posting Steamboat Willie on YouTube now. Right. Because it's like, oh, you can legally do that. Now people just have access. You don't need Disney+. Plus. You can just have it. Right. Um, which is, like, even so, like, now the art of posting things on YouTube is, is moot because everybody has Disney+. Plus. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, um, okay, so to our knowledge, according to, like, the records of copyright, is there anything notable, like, coming up? Um, in this year or next year? Just, like, like, in terms of Disney things, is there anything next coming up in, like, the next couple years or, like, that's, like, due next that we know of yet? I mean, I would have to check the specific years for everything, but essentially this is, like, the first domino to fall. Okay. This is one of the earliest Walt Disney things. So by extension, it's just a matter of time before everything falls. Mm. Like, they, unless they pull off some real wizardry with uh, sundown in Congress, they're probably <laughs> not going to get their way. And that means it's like, all right, it's only a matter of time till Pluto falls, till more Mickey Mouse cartoons are added, which gives you more variety till mm. Snow White falls, and then it's just one thing after another. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it is it is funny, because, and, like, we're going to pitch a couple ideas we thought of, but I have a really funny joke around um, Donald Duck and Goofy that I thought of for a thing, but I digress. Yeah, it's like, there is no stopping this now. 
like, they held it off as long as they could, and now the floodgates are open. And I do mean floodgates, because it is very Mm -hmm. funny that for all of these copyright things, because people know that, like, again, this isn't, like, a secret. Like, you could have known this in 2020 that this was coming. Like, again, maybe you could assume, like, oh, the House of Mouse always comes out on top. Um, People obviously do know, like, because of the Winnie the Pooh thing, I feel like that the copyright dropped and then like a month later this film came out as if they had been working on it oh yeah like that's what i mean and that also i do feel like made a more public consciousness i guess i'm so torn because it's like there was such a like dearth of stuff in the public domain for so long because of all these laws that like on one hand i'm like yay public domain is back baby Mm -hmm. on the other hand i hate that people know about that because someone made a shitty winnie the pooh horror thing yeah I mean, they are filming these things in advance, people. The idea is, like, right. you want it ready to go right away to sort of capitalize on the zeitgeist. On the news, yeah. Like, like one of the big ones with Great Gatsby is three different Great Gatsby musicals all kind of dropped no, around no, the same no, time no, no, shortly no, 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 after, no. basically fighting over who gets to go to Broadway. Like, basically, the idea is they all go on, like, sort of local performances in prominent theaters across the country, and the idea is, like, whichever one the Broadway sort of producer... No, cabal's not the right word. That's extreme. But, like, you know, there's, like, a handful of people who are willing to pay for a show to come to Broadway, and you have to, like, appeal to them. I know one of them's coming to Broadway. I couldn't keep all three of them straight. I've heard mixed things about all of them. It should be illegal for there to be more than one of those. And one is pushing it. (laughs) And, yeah, I guess, again, that's, like, I think that's the difference between how people viewed copyright in the public domain before and how they view it now in this age of, like, brand and IP. Like... It's like, oh, this is now a race to be the one who does the thing. Right. So, like, yes, someone's going to have a Winnie the Pooh horror game and a Winnie the Pooh horror movie ready to go. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Right. Someone, two different Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie horror things are already in production and have, like, trailers and stuff. Like, you know, it's about, like, being the first one to capitalize on the thing, not, Mm -hmm. like, what it means that we have the thing, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I have such a complicated relationship with this. Because on one hand, I was like, I think I've made the joke before. I was perfectly fine with, like, in order to help the public domain sort of get some meat back on its bones and have, like, have access to things. I was perfectly fine with the, you know, Congress, like, pushing, you know, reducing the numbers again and just adding a little clause that says, except for Disney. Right. Like, basically (laughs) just giving them a magical little, I don't have to adhere to To public domain law card. That would be nice. You know, just a little golden card that blocks all of their stuff. Because I'm like, it's just annoying that they are like the, you know, that one or two companies are keeping us from having access to all of these other things. You know, it, yeah, I mean, it's things like this that, that remind me, because I do forget how much of like a traditionalist I kind of am, or, or if not mm. traditionalist, and just how reluctant I am to change. Yeah, it is like... And, like, ugh, this is probably our worst sort of Disney homering things because it doesn't yeah. really hurt them in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you can argue it dilutes the brand, I it guess. It really doesn't. But, like, right? But it's, like, yeah. I Again, people aren't that dumb. They're going to be right. able to correctly identify what a Walt Disney product is and what isn't. Right, exactly. Like, maybe on the, pl- like, you know, the plush market will be slightly more complicated, but I don't know. <laughs> And, like, is that the worst thing in the world? We already have Etsy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that that's where I get confused of, like, all right, you could go on Etsy right now and find an entire world of, like, unauthorized princess stuff. Like, what, mm-hmm. why do people get to make so much stuff illegally? Like, are they doing that illegally? People that make ears and uh. things? I mean, it's gray area. I mean, it's always been gray area. This just Mm. makes the gray area black and white, where it's like, oh, this is okay now. Gotcha, okay. You can just be more overt about it. Hmm. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, you're right, it is a gray area. It's it's straightforward, yet kind of, like, abstract. Yeah, which is why, like, people litigating what versions of Mickey Mouse you can use. Again, we are entering an interesting era of copyright because we are dealing with, like, the iconography of a company for the first, like, for some of the first times. Like, Mm -hmm. again, it's not just, like, The Great Gatsby, which is, like, a single book that one guy wrote that, like, 
you know, has existed in a couple different adaptations, but now you get the original text. You don't have to buy the rights to make things with it. Right, okay. Like, if you want to adapt it, you just can now. So, you know, moving on, I'm I'm very curious to hear, like, what ideas you have. I feel like I have, like, one singular idea, and and I think I'm playing it a little too, like, straight-faced. What, what, what did you have? What did you have in mind? If you could, like, use Steamboat Willie or Mickey Mouse, I guess. I, yeah, I guess that's the challenge. It's, like, how much of it is using Mickey Mouse and how much of it is Steamboat Willie? If we're going strictly Steamboat Willie, and I think we talked about this idea, I really like this idea of, like, a sort of... And a part of this was inspired by the fact that Showboat, um, like, or Old Man River, which is, like, the mm-hmm. iconic song of the musical Showboat, which is kind of, like, for musical theater nerds it's like kind of the one of the original texts of american musical yes. theater it's considered it's the first part, right yeah yeah it's considered basically the og one that put all of the pieces together of like song like where it's like oh the songs tell the story and also like you know there is one coherent story mm-hmm. like you know the pieces of the jazz age and vaudeville and sort of like unfortunately minstrel shows mm-hmm. all kind of getting smashed together to make one thing and yes it's very problematic and it's gone through a lot of revisions right. <laughs> over the years but it's also very interesting um and i guess i like the idea of just doing kind of like a visual novel-esque game set on a steamboat the idea is you're mickey mouse you work on the steamboat oh. you you know kind of run the business you know you do your job and through that you meet all these different colorful characters you know you meet Minnie Mouse, you meet, like, Mortimer, if... Well, actually, I don't think you'd get the rights to him yet. Mm. But you'd meet, like, different sort of rubber hosey cartoon characters. And, like, how you interact with them over the years, like, changes their story. Like, one of the things I thought of is, like... Uh, like, one of the ideas is, like, you know, the steamboat's locked up for the night, it's on the edge of the water. A couple, like, gangsters come up, one of their friends has gotten shot, and they're like, we can't go to the doctor, can you help us? And Pete the Cat, who's, like, this old grizzled, like, sea captain, is like, all right, just bring him in. Mickey, you got to be quiet about this. And it's like, you know, do you keep your mouth shut or do you go to the police? And, like, what is the consequence for both of those choices? And, yeah, like, basically it takes place over, like, 10 to 15 years, like, show... Because, again, that's the thing I like about Showboat. The idea of, like, man, it's actually over a really long stretch of time. You do follow... It's kind of insanely bold for something in the 19... Like for, like, a fun musical show in the 1920s to, like, cover these people growing up and having kids and kind of becoming disenchanted with life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that could be fun to just be, like, you know, how does Mickey and Minnie's relationship grow over the years depending on how you play it? Like, does Pete ever let you take over the scene boat when it's, like, he's ready to retire? Little things like that and just, like, you know, if, if the Walt Disney Company is about Americana, like, there's very few American iconography things, like, things that are Americana than, like, the Mississippi River and, like, the days of the boatmen and, like, you know, the river drivers. Like, you know, there's a reason why Mark Twain's works are so, like, considered synonymous with America. It's mm-hmm. because there's something about those big old steamboats, like, going north and south right. that's, like, considered iconic. Right. Um, I also just really like the idea, because they're not in the public domain yet, there's constant, like, every now and then it'll just be referenced that there are a dog and a duck off frame, and you're just not allowed to go talk to them. Right, okay. You're just not allowed to see them. They're just <laughs> constantly off frame. And if you try, the narrator will just be like, ah, but then he decided to not do that. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and then the other idea I had is just like, look, I'm a sucker for Oswald, and he's actually been in the public domain already. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite pieces of art to come out of this is someone just drew a picture of Winnie the Pooh, um... Oswald, Steamboat Willie, and Dracula together. And it's just Mickey Mouse going, Oh boy, it's 2024. Finally, I can hang out with my friends Oswald the Rabbit, Winnie the Pooh, and Dracula and fight crime. <laughs> and I'm like, see, this yes. is the energy we need, people. Right. Fuck this horror shit. We need this energy. <laughs> um, and I would just love to do, uh, I really would just like to do a story about these two kind of being like old vaudeville performers in the 1920s, sort of like cutting their teeth and like, you know, sort of the story about how one of them becomes successful and one of them kind of, like, falls to the wayside. And I think that would be fun. Basically, like, Cats Don't Dance... I think... God, it's insane how many times I reference Cats Don't Dance. We're watching Cats Don't Dance. Okay, 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 we will. (laughs) Yeah, like, basically, Cats Don't Dance, like, a story about, like, entertainers in, like, these golden ages, but with this rabbit and this mouse. I like it, yeah. And Dracula. Again, I guess from... And Dracula. Yeah, Dracula shows up at the end. It's yeah. like, at the end, it's like, 
No, but Spiratu. that doesn't explain why the lights kept flickering. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we're best friends because we both get the same pole without realizing where we were going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for me, it's like what annoys me about the horror stuff, and like I don't even want to talk about it this much. Like, yeah. I'm glad our conversation kind of pivoted away from that. It's just like, what is this? Like, what's interesting about the public domain is like commenting, not being subversive just for subversive sake, but like commenting on the work. What is the essentials of Mickey Mouse that you can like play with in a space? Like what makes Mickey Mouse Mickey Mouse and how can you bring that out? Not, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Mickey Mouse stabbed a guy? (laughs) Right, right, yes. Again, I I think I mentioned this before, but one of my favorite like sort of quote unquote public domain Winnie the Pooh things, and I think he did it before he entered the public domain, it was just parody, is um I believe his name is Goobus Dubus on YouTube. Makes sense. He's just like a really minimalist animator. And his whole bit with Winnie the Pooh is he's like too sincere and clueless and sweet. Oh. And everyone just immediately like mentally collapses at how like kind mm-hmm. he is. So it starts with him trying to eat honey in a store and it's like, dude, it's past hours, you gotta leave. And eventually they're so charmed it's like, you own the store now. Yeah. And then he runs a business and it's insanely successful because everyone's like, we have Love to buy him. from him. He's so kind. Yeah. And then he becomes emperor of the world and it's like, you don't understand, <laughs> man. Everyone just doesn't want to disappoint you. Uh-huh. We solved all of our problems. There's no more conflict. Just right. press this We're button. Happy. And, you know, yeah, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, see, that gets it. Like, yeah. again, that's like, what are the core things about Winnie the Pooh and how do you make them funny? Right, exactly. What is your pitch? Well, um, I, I, my pitch is, is definitely like a feature length animated film I would do. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of Wizard of Oz, sort of, um, oddly enough, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Over the Garden Wall. I think it would have sort of the essence of like Over the Garden Wall of like being quirky and, and eerie, but basically... I would want to tell a story about Mickey Mouse as Steamboat Willie, you know, in the context of Steamboat Willie, in an entire, like, old-timey hot dog armed, you know, like, in that in that universe God. of everything, of everything. <laughs> um, there was already a term for it, but I like your term better. Hot dog arms, yeah. Well, that's yeah. the first thing I thought of. Um, but I like the idea of, like, everything in this town maybe it is or just like in the world that they live in it's its own universe um sort of being in this black and white um i don't even know what to call it but like it's a steamboat willy universe right um and slowly in like one corner of the town is this like maybe it's like a single flower or like a spot or like a patch of grass that is just like slowly turning colored and the colored spot oh, keeps like growing and growing and growing. And at first it's really exciting, but with the color comes like fundamental changes to the way that the town functions. Like technology advances in some ways, maybe, I don't know. Um, they enter a new era of cartoons. They enter a new era, things look different, and everyone is against it. And they've decided that the color is actually a poison that is, it's kind of Moana. <laughs> the color is actually no, I like poisoning, poisoning their way of life, um, ruining, because it's like Steamboat Willie, like everything, everything in Steamboat Willie and of this era, like they animated to music and everything had sort of like an automated, like function to it like like as if like so long as there's music playing everything is like chugging along to this like rhythm that never stops and this everything has a cadence everything has a cadence and everything sort of like automatically functions and everything and everyone's also happy (laughs) and um this progress is about to basically like this is the story of the origin of all of those quotes from walt disney that are like we must keep moving forward and keep reaching new heights and you know all of his famous quotes about the future and moving forward and like i imagine that's that like mickey mouse as an attempt to be a hero to stop the color actually realizes that the color is good and needs to happen and has to convince everyone that they need to allow it to spread right 
I mean, I would use the phrase paint just because I'm like, I don't know how many well, friends you're going to make if you keep referring to the colored characters and the color. Well, there's but, no... Well, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to turn colored, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think the word paint is a little... Pigment? Less, fragment? Or hue? The hued? The... Yeah, the hue. The hue, yeah. No, I really like that because, one... The Overgarden Mall connection, I think, is good because, again, there's a steamboat in that. Yes. Like, that invokes the same, like, sort of Old retro tiny, Americana yeah. that all of this does. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, because I think that's interesting because it's, like, again, if we're talking about, like, what makes Mickey Mouse Mickey Mouse, it's, like, he fundamentally changed so much, yeah. like, once they transitioned to color in terms of, like, what makes Steamboat really fun is, like, he is, like, a scamp. He's, like... A rebel. He's a you know, he doesn't want to do... Bugs he wants, doesn't want to work. He just wants to goof around. Yeah. yeah. He has, like, that classic cartoon trickster energy. Mm-hmm. And, like, once he enters color and becomes a mascot for the biggest company on the planet, he has to become, like, clean and nice and right. not much else. Yeah. And, like, through various periods of history, he's, like, wavered personality-wise. Mm. And that's kind of, like, why I like comparing him to Oswald, because Oswald has gotten to, like, have more defined character as, like, mm. you know... The outcast, you know. Yeah. He's the one that got to stay trapped in time. Right, right. And I, I feel like like this is the story I would have told if it were up to me to tell a like a one hundredth anniversary right. story of like if this if if Walt Disney's and weirdly this ties into our internet minute today. I did not know that. Oh. But like if I could tell like a narrative story around his like his mission his mission statement of progress and the future and like moving forward i would use mickey mouse to do it like this right i mean you're not alone on that a lot of people really were like they should have just done a mickey mouse movie and i'm like well mickey mouse's 100th is still coming up i have to imagine they're I would saving that i love a mickey mouse that. movie it feels it feels overdue um, did you get a chance to watch the... It's basically the final, or at least believed to be the final short of this era of Mickey Mouse cartoons. It's called Steamboat Silly. No. And the idea is they start watching home videos and they conveniently all of, like, the old Mickey Mouse shorts and the projector breaks and out pops Steamboat Willie. And honestly, I'm like, this is so much... This feels like someone using the public domain. Right. Because it has... Like, because again, it's kind of like a parody. It's like, oh, Mickey Mouse realizing, oh, right, I was a menace before. Yeah. As these little steamboat willies destroy the town. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. And it is interesting because it's like, I guess for me, this whole like question about the public domain and stuff is so interesting to me because again, it disappoints me that we're just doing it horror stuff because I feel like someone made a joke at like, God, the crappy Winnie the Pooh horror movie feels like a psyop by the Disney company to get everyone to go against public domain again. Mm. And it's like, that's annoying because at the end of the day, like, the main, and it's because of the era we're living in. Like, you know, I've talked about game preservation before. Like, the idea of, like, you know, this is a, this is a genre, you know, this is a medium where we could theoretically save everything because historical preservation is enough of a topic that, and, like, the medium is so new there's still at least, in theory, a chance to save everything. Right. And the only reason we can't is because things are owned by companies and are caught up in, like, corporate IP problems where it's like, if Nintendo decides it doesn't want you to see a game, it's just gone. If Activision decides it doesn't want a game to exist, it's It's gone. It's gone, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, that's hard to cope with because it's like, no, that did exist. That deserves to exist. Like... It benefits us as a public to have access to historical records. And that's, like, why emulation is so popular of, like, this is a way we save history with, you know, you know, while going against the law, unfortunately. But, like, what other mm. choice have you given us? In the age of streaming, that has become such a problem because, like, you know, we've seen it with Warner Brothers. We've seen it with Disney. We've seen it with everyone where it's, like, if they decide something isn't making enough, like, making a line go up enough, they'll just be like, oh, Willow's not on streaming anymore. Uh, Batgirl, right. tax right off. right. And it's, like, it is very scary that, like, chunks of history can just get erased because a company has decided to, it doesn't want it to exist. Right, It doesn't need it to exist. When in reality, its existence alone justifies its existence. Right. And 
I guess that's what's interesting about this era of public, like this new era we're entering with copyright and public domain. I'd argue it's more important than ever, not as like a, hey, now you can take this work and adapt it however you want to, but as a historical preservation, which has always been a part of this. It's always been a part of, if something is in the public domain, then that makes it, at least in theory, safe. Yeah. That some person somewhere can make a record of it, can make a copy of it, can like preserve it somewhere. So it doesn't go away. It doesn't get destroyed by time. Mm. And like, again, Mickey Mouse was never, like Mickey Mouse is still the face of a billion dollar yes. company. Yeah, that's like, not going to change. Winnie the Pooh is still one of the most iconic children's characters mm-hmm. to ever live. Uh, Tigger is one of the other most iconic characters. Like, yeah. that's the one I'm excited about. I'm like, right. oh, I'm going to do stuff with Tigger now? Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, like, and it is interesting because I'm like, it's so funny that, like, the public domain discussion is just this big, you know, we're focusing on the big stuff, when in reality it's like, anything entering the public domain is good. Every little thing that enters is a victory for culture, is a victory for, like, knowledge and, you know, this is me getting on my soapbox, but, like, yeah, like, having a shared cultural sort of database is so incredibly valuable for us. And I'm, you know, it's a little disappointing that that discussion has become, but what if, though? But what if <coughs> Mickey Mouse was allowed to say fuck? <laughs> um, I also love someone is like, uh, there's a very famous... Well, not super famous, but Van Buren Studios made a ripoff of Mickey Mouse in the 30s called Milton Mouse. Disney sued them into the stratosphere. <laughs> and it's like, does that get to exist now? Right. It is so funny. See, and like talking about like copyright and brand chasing and stuff, it is so funny that like, it's literally the same thing that happened with Superman, where instead of realizing, oh, kids really like these superheroes, we should make some of them Some of them more. They're all like, Superman, make a Superman. And that's <laughs> how you get like Shazam. And so, like, Shazam's unique enough that he's the one who gets to exist. It's funny that so so many comic book hero origins are like, do it first. Pull yeah. the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, literally X-Men exists because it's like, people want superhero teams? Got Let's it. make ourselves a superhero team. <laughs> and for some reason, they're like, all OC characters. And it's like, what? why don't we just... And then that was taking forever, and they're finally like, why don't we just fucking take Iron Man and shit and shove them all together? It's right. Like, yeah, all right. Avengers. Assemble. <laughs> Loki's doing something. Right. <laughs> that dastardly Loki. And until uh, uh, until Dream Desk Productions releases their um, definitive take on the iconic mouse, I'm Carter. And I'm Sydney. Have a magical day. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Woo-hoo. <laughs> the Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Desk for the latest updates about the show. Want more of the most magical podcast on earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon. For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash Disney Desk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you. All right, ready? Yes. Three, two, one.